0: Hi, I'm Andrew Hebard here with the Ahiflour channel, Regenerative Omegas for a Regenerative Planet. And I'm really pleased to be here with Pauline Cox, who's the founder of Sew and Arrow, a health, wellness and nutritional consulting business based in the UK. Pauline, thanks so much for joining us today. And um, I hope we're going to have a nice chat about Ahiflour and Omegas.
1: Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love talking all things health and well-being, so... It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you today, and I'm looking forward to our chat.
0: Well, thank you. So let's jump straight in here. As a functional nutritionist, what are some of the key trends and topics that you're seeing and working on just now?
1: That's such a great question, and it's actually one I was talking about today with um, another nutritionist. And what we've both really noted, particularly in recent times since COVID, is people's attitude towards their health they're so much more interested in learning how they can protect their own health and prevent chronic illness i think people are really looking for natural and sustainable options options that really help to support planetary health as well as human health and options that are that are congruent with their choices as a consumer so options that feel good to them, not just that will be good for their body, but feel good to them in terms of their choices around where it's coming from, who's producing it, is it being sustainably sourced? And also, is it, is it clean? Is it trustworthy? So I think a company's reputation is really important these days as well. And people are doing much more of their own due diligence into where companies are sourcing their products from. So the consumer's changed and the consumer has a lot more questions these days.
0: Such an interesting observation now for the, we've been in the health and wellness industry for nearly 30 years, and that has been a general trend, but have you seen an acceleration in that and a deepening of that as a result of COVID? Do you th- what, what do you think is behind that?
1: I think it's because people realized that their health is a little bit more fragile than they thought it might have been. I think with COVID hitting and seeing so much fragility in our own susceptibility to a virus that can come seemingly out of nowhere and affect so many people, I believe that people started to just take their health a bit more seriously and wanted to find ways of taking control because when something comes along that you feel completely at mercy to and you feel like you have no control, the one thing we can take control of is our immune system and the robustness of our immune system. And so I think people were beginning to recognize that they have a great deal of control over their own health outcomes through these very modifiable lifestyle and dietary behaviors. So it became a very interesting field to work in at a time where all of a sudden, people were really thirsty for information about what they could do and how they could really take control of their own health and longevity
0: such a such a valuable perspective as well. And one thing I think goes for all of us that we've all heard stories of or experienced stories of ourselves, just how vulnerable we are from a point of view of su- things like COVID that are outside of our control. And we just don't know how we're gonna to react to it. So taking those precautions, those insurance me- measures are a really good thing. So um, over the past year or two, you've become really quite a proponent of AgiFlower. Thank-, thank you very much. Um, What is it about ahi flower that you find some of the most compelling attributes of it?
1: I think it's very interesting, Andrew, to find new ways of solving very modern problems. So we have a growing population. We have increased health demands because of the environment that we live in. We have very modern health problems because our caveman genes have yet to catch up with our modern lifestyles. So our food production system, doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily congruent with our, our food needs, our physiological needs, our stresses, emotional and physical, the toxicity of the world and the environment that we live in, our nutritional needs, our soils are depleted, we're overproducing foods and, and their nutrient deficient. So we find ourselves in a situation where There used to be a hunter-gatherer who would go out and and seek out foods and their main concern was, am I going to eat? We have an abundance of what we might call foods. I would question if they are actually uh, real foods. Some of them are so mass-produced and and, and are edible but are not necessarily nutrient-dense. But we are in a situation where we have abundance of these choices to make but they are depleting our health, many of them, and making us sicker. And so we, we have this unique situation where we need to find ways of providing our body with those key nutrients, with foods and plants and ways of eating that are congruent to our physiological needs, that are congruent to the caveman genes we have, and that are also very sustainable and work with planetary health as well as human health. And these are novel problems. You know, they are novel problems that we have that we are facing currently and will be facing as we head forward, as the population increases, as we find as a society, we, we're facing increased levels of inflammation, increased levels of chronic illness, of cancer, of toxicity. We need to find ways of providing nutrients to the population that are not at the cost of the pla- of the planet but are also sustainably sourced and beneficial to our human health and when i came across ahi flower, it ticked so many boxes it really did and i thought this is a very interesting solution to a sci- an area of science that's exploding and it has been for decades we know the benefits of omega three fatty acids to human health, but we now need to find smart ways of getting those omega three fatty acids into our bodies, into our diets, into our population, without it being at the expense of the planet and our oceans.
0: Such, such wise words, Pauline. I I really love hearing you say that with the, your depth of professional experience and your worldview of health, nutrition, wellness. To to hear you articulate that back, I agree completely with everything you say. Um, And it really does. There are so many examples out there where we've got to look at how our food systems impact the planetary systems, impact our health and wellness, and what that means for us as a species. So to hear you say how these things are interwoven is, is so important for our listeners to understand. And um, one of the things I saw on your website, which is great, is the statement, it's not a mission statement per se, but you say on there that food and nutrition can greatly improve the quality of our lives. And yes. I think that sums it up for me that that's what it's all about. Our health, wellness, growing old gracefully, et cetera, is all impacted by the type of food that we eat. And unfortunately, I think the quality of the food that we're eating is in decline. I mean, that's, that's a huge generalized statement, but on a mass sort of macroeconomic level, I would say that the quality is probably declining rather in favour of, you know, we're trading off quality for quantity.
1: And I would wholeheartedly agree with you. I think food manufacturing has a lot to answer for. I think we, we know, not I think, we know that food manufacturers spend a great deal of time, money and effort in formulating foods that are very addictive and that have very little nutritional value. And so when we start to see food as more than just fuel, but we start to see it as an extension of ourselves because truly that's what it is. What we're eating makes us, it builds us from every cell in our body we make from the foods we eat and the air we breathe. And so I know it's a very cliched saying, but we are what we eat and the quality of who we are from a cellular level to a thought perspective to the connectivity within our neurons, it's represented by what we eat. And when we make better food choices for the planet, but also for ourselves, we build a better body, we create longevity, we create better physiology, which ultimately helps us to make better choices because we feel good, we have more energy, we have a better relationship with ourselves and those around us. So it becomes this upward spiral. And I truly believe that when we start making better choices, better food choices for ourselves, it can be that domino that starts this whole domino effect of Better quality of life, better outcomes, better energy. It's really, I mean, from my experience and working with many, many, many individuals, it's truly life-changing when we start to become aware of the power food has over us in terms of building us, the impact it has on our our mental well-being, our physical well-being, our energy, our sleep, our hormones. And we start to really have a respect for what food does for us and to us. We can really start to see the food choices we make as a form of self-respect.
0: So isn't it great? I mean, I suppose it's great on the one hand, but it's also a little bit of a double-edged sword that it's great that we have the ability to actually take a lot of our health outcomes into our own control, under our own control. We can better equip ourselves for the stresses that we're going to encounter we can better equip ourselves through giving ourselves greater immunity through our nutrition and those sort of things so that's a great thing but I guess the double-edged side of that is that it then is incumbent on us to educate ourselves incumbent on the leaders to educate the consumer about how to make better informed decisions
1: yes and I feel that is a big part of my job actually um it's there are a lot of voices out there There are a lot of people providing information and it's, I feel the weight of the responsibility sometimes in ensuring that the information I provide is correct, that it's science-based and that, you know, I have many years of scientific training, I have two BSEs, I have a master's, I'm currently undertaking my second master's level and that's always driven me Because I want to make sure that the information I share with people is the best to my knowledge that I'm really gathering up as much and soaking up lots of different opinions, voices, papers, counter papers, information that we can really look at as a landscape, rather than tunnel vision, and start to see how this information works for us and how we can make better choices as you put it so beautifully, making better choices helps us to work in harmony with the planet with each other it really helps us to understand that those small choices we make on a daily basis actually add up to really quite big choices over the course of a month or the course of a year so you know it it can be a bit daunting for people when you know they're, they're eating in a certain way they're living a certain lifestyle like, well, where do I even start? And that's where I feel my work as a functional nutritionist, but also as an educator, to help people recognize that it's, it's those daily, daily steps, the daily habits, the lifestyle habits, the daily choices that you make that make a really big difference. And educating you, you're absolutely right. That is such a big, big part. It's making sense of information, but I feel really passionately that when people get curious about their own health when they start to recognize the impact they can have on their own health when they start to realize that you know certain foods are going to impact your microbiome certain foods are going to impact your mental well-being your focus your concentration your memory your migraines certain foods are going to help you sleep better to feel more energized when you wake up to affect your longevity your bone health your cardiac health when people recognize the power their choices have over their own health, it's really mind blowing. And there's this light bulb moment and they're like, wow, I have all that power in my hands just by you know, picking up certain food choices or taking certain supplements or turning away certain things. It's really, you sometimes take that for granted as a scientist, You you sort of, you assume that a lot of this knowledge is already known and it's only when you really talk to people for example, Sew so Arrow, or I'm, I'm talking to people at different conferences that you realize that this information needs to get out there on a much bigger scale to drown out a lot of the, the narrative that people do here, which is hand your health over to someone else and they'll take care of it.
0: Well, your your passion, your expertise and your authenticity just comes through so clearly, and I can see why you're so successful in that area, Pauline. Um, there's a real art in being able to unpack all of this science, all of this data and keep, it, keep pace with it because it's, ever, it's an ever-evolving industry and then go through what I think is the hardest piece, which is translating that into everyday speak so that people can go, OK, I get it, I get it, because otherwise it can be you know, completely overwhelming. So, so good, good for you. Um, so you're an expert in brain health, gut health, um, the role that nutrition plays on longevity what are you seeing in the role particularly of plant-based lipids and obviously those of ahi flour, that actually play into that so how do you think these are in infect- affecting our ability to basically grow old gracefully and have better more vital lives and lifestyles
1: i think that's such an interesting question because we're not at the moment we are seeing increased levels of alzheimer's and neurodegenerative conditions we're seeing people getting joint issues at a younger age and we need to recognize that when we're deficient in these key nutrients when we live in a state of inflammation our tissues are going to suffer as a result of that and what's really quite mind-blowing for a lot of people is we can we can slow aging as we can call it you know aging is a natural process but it can be accelerated or it can be slowed. We can protect our neurological health. We don't have to end up with Alzheimer's. In fact, Alzheimer's is very preventable. So there's a lot we can do. We we have a lot of responsibility on ourselves if we want to take it. Now, I'm certainly someone who wants to take that. I want to be old, young. I want to be in my 90s, but have everything still Working optimally, and to be able to really enjoy a great quality of life throughout my entire life, and when we look at particularly let's let 's look at omega three fatty acids now we know that they are they are completely essential to our human health, but we also know that we are deficient in omega three fatty acids, and as hunter gatherers, we would have had an abundance of these omega three fatty acids because of the just the natural way we ate, we would hunt. We would consume those um, meats that we hunted, which would have been a rich source of omega 3 essential fatty acids. And it wouldn't have been so much of a concern for us are we getting all the nutrients we needed? It would have been more of a concern are we getting food? Now, these days, the concern isn't so much are we getting food? The concern is are we actually getting any nutrients? Are we getting enough of the key nutrients we need? And the simple answer to that is no, we're not. Now, the issue with our essential fatty acids is we tend to have an abundance of omega-6 and a lack of omega-3 and this is a real problem for us as humans now both are essential we need omega-6 and we need omega-3 but we need them in a certain ratio and that ratio is an ideally it's a one-to-one ratio but the research suggests that the standard american diet is more like a 20 to 1 ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 And this situation drives a very pro-inflammatory state in our body, and that can just perpetuate an already inflamed um, body that we might be eating the wrong kind of foods that are creating inflammation. Our gut microbiome might be very pro-inflammatory. We might have autoimmune conditions that are creating inflammation. And so this pro-inflammatory state can manifest as joint issues, as major depressive disorders. It can manifest as many many chronic illnesses that we see neurodegenerative conditions and so we must look at how we address that balance we're not targeting omega-6 as being bad but we must see it as being over dominant in our diet and how we bring the omega-3 levels up to balance it out and create this this anti-inflammatory environment that the omega-3s are so good at creating within the body
0: does that make sense no it, it absolutely does and um you know i i I've read a little bit in this area, and of course we try to study it and keep up with the science, but not to the depth uh, uh, that you have, Pauline. Um, How I've seen this described is that inflammation actually is an essential part of our healing process. Mm -hmm. Our body switches on an inflammatory process to heal if our body gets insulted or damaged or wounded. The inflammation is an essential part of the healing process. But you've got to have that omega-3 to stop the inflammation. If you started, it's like starting a fire and and adding more gasoline to it, or sorry, petrol to it. Um, And what we're trying to use, omega-3s as in this sense, is like a fire retardant to actually suppress that. Let inflammation do the healing process, but then suppress it. And it's interesting just how many uh, lifestyle diseases, lifestyle conditions are driven through inflammation as a root cause of it. So I completely agree with you on that. It's quite interesting. I'll be heading to the UK in about two months time to celebrate my dad's 100th birthday. Uh, So my dad turns 100, my mom's 97. And if I look back at my childhood uh, pantry, the food that was in there, um, there wasn't a need for supplements because the diet was pretty much, as you said, it was almost like a hunter gatherer diet. And it was down to the market, we'd buy a bit of this and a bit of that. And we'd grow a lot of things ourselves and and processed foods never came into the equation. Um, And I look at them today and they're both living at home. They're both healthy, they're both independent. um, And the only two supplements, supplements—called them a supplement that they took when I was living at home was cod liver oil and apple cider vinegar. (laughs) And then 30 years ago, we weaned them off cod liver oil and put them onto ahi flour. And, um, you know, this whole growing old gracefully is so important to me. I've got daughters and maybe have one day have grandchildren, et cetera. And maintaining our vitality, yes. maintaining our cognition, maintaining yes. our immune function. So there's not a case of how long you live, it's that the years that you live are quality. And that, I you know- I couldn't so,
1: agree with you more.
0: And, I, uh, I
1: just couldn't agree with you more. And on that point, I have seen so many people lose their health, Andrew, and wish that they they could go back and make better choices through either cancer or a real shock diagnosis. Often it takes a heart attack or a cancer diagnosis or something quite major for people to go, okay, uh, I need to start making better choices now. If we can just almost project that and think, how would I feel if I lost A really vital element of my health, like my eyesight or my ability to touch and feel if I started to lose the feeling in my hands or my feet, if I if I if I all these, you know, this, this kind of ability to, to project forward and think, and then think well, hold on, I have the ability to prevent that I have the ability to make great choices for my brain health, for my gut health, my joint health through what I'm putting in my mouth through mm-hmm. the lifestyle choices I'm making. And this is particularly our brain health. I mean, I'm obsessed with brain health because it fascinates me. And I know how I feel when I, or not so much recently, but in past times, 10 years ago, I know how I felt when I was making not such great choices for my, for my brain, but my overall health. And f- we know that the research is pretty conclusive around EPA and, and mental well being. There's a great deal of research in that area to show how important EPA, which is a type of omega-3 fatty acid, is for our mental well-being and our emotional health, how we're feeling on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. Now, in my mind, what's more important than that? What's more important than waking up and feeling like life has switched on in full color? Because everything from that point is determined from those emotions you're feeling the food choices you're making, whether you go out for a walk or not, whether you have a great interaction with your children or your partner or you know your neighbors. Right. So getting that foundation right is such a key instigator for the all the decisions you make for the rest of the day. And so I often, with anyone I'm working with, whether it's a group of individuals, whether it's menopause or women, whether it's young men, whether it's children, the first thing I do is make sure their brain is getting those essential fatty acids that they need to get their emotional stability at the right point.
0: So, so well put, so well put. And I'm so glad you mentioned EPA, because EPA, many of us in the omega-3 space have heard of it. It comes from fish oil. and it's the one fatty acid that is so closely associated, as you say, with with overall health and wellness. And the great thing about ahi flour is that when we consume it, it converts to EPA really effectively in humans, and it makes your body, it kind of fine-tunes our body to go through those metabolic processes to create EPA. And in the process of creating EPA, we get all these other wonderful benefits, sort of like, um, uh, you know, unintended consequences that improve our immune function, improve our inflammation management, et cetera. So that's great. And of course, for us, as you mentioned right at the beginning, that we can grow this regeneratively, grown in the UK with with trained farmers. And um, we think that we're adding to the agricultural landscape through adding crops that need pollinators, which we will need, and of course, diminishing the reliance that we have on fish oils, where they're kind of harvested up and turned into fish oil so so thanks so much for sort of flagging up those important points um just any sort of closing thoughts pauline that you'd like to sort of leave our audience with as an impact statement
1: yes i think it's really important that people are very aware of marketing jargon like rich in omega-3s and um, a good source of omega-3s you brought up a very good point there andrew that our body needs to convert certain, in order to make EPA from ALA, okay, let me take it back a step. Plant-based omega-3s, which are often touted as a good source of omega-3s, are very different to EPA. So often you'll see on packets of hemp and all all these different plant-based oils, a good source of of omega-3s our body has to convert that ALA into EPA. And this is one of the reasons I found ahi flower very interesting because we don't convert ALA into EPA very well at all. As humans, we just don't have that ability to convert well. In fact, when we consume high levels of omega-6, we convert even less. So it's been estimated to be around one to 10% of ALA is converted into this very important EPA. Now, ahi flour is different. Ahi flower doesn't have that rate-limiting step of ALA to SDA. It has a very unique fatty acid profile, so it has high levels of what's called SDA, and so the conversion into EPA is much greater. And this is one of the reasons you asked me at the beginning, why do I find it such an interesting product? This is why I find it such an interesting product, is because it's almost like finding a plant-based fish oil It's very different to many of the other plant-based omega-3s that are out there and touted as rich in omega-3. This is actually a great way of helping those who are looking to increase their EPA levels. And it's a plant-based source. It's sustainable. And what I love is the fact that it's traceable. And that's something that so many people need to understand these days. If you're getting your your fish oils, are they rancid? Are they oxidized? Where are they coming from? We must be looking at quality, not just the product itself.
0: What a wonderful way of summarizing that, uh, Pauline. You're so clear, so coherent, and uh, say that the ability to translate very complex science into everyday conversation like this that I can understand is just wonderful. So thank, thank you so much. Uh, and Pauline of So and Arrow, based in Clevedon, Are you in Clevedon, Are you, you near Bristol?
1: Near Bristol, yeah.
0: Excellent. Well, look, thanks so much for joining us today. I've loved, loved chatting with you and uh, keep up the great work. Thank you, Andrew. Okay, Bye-bye. bye bye. Bye.